Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today I'm joined by Sally Sparks Cousins, founder of Sparkle Class Academy and creator of the Freedom Funnel Formula. Oh my goodness I got it off in one take. How's it going today Sally? Oh so good Jared, so good. Um, Thank you for the invitation. I can't wait to have a conversation and chat with you today. Yeah, I, I will tell you, this is the, you know, I, uh, this is the one episode where like, I really actually hope, you know, we do s- mostly audio, but occasionally we'll do some video. Like, I'm really hoping we do some <laughs> some video here because like, like, we've got some serious color. I, I'm liking this rainbow hair, <laughs> sparkle stars. You can never have too much color and too many sparkles, right? You are living it up and I'm here in all black. <laughs> I've got black headphones, black mic, black shirt black shards <laughs> yeah, never enough color and sparkle in the world i reckon so <laughs> yes I, I need to amp up my game a bit here <laughs> well let's get right into it uh tell us obviously you are a lot more than just color tell us your elevator pitch who are you and what do you do yeah so I, i'm sally sparks cousins and i am an automation nerd and i love sexy numbers so i just love plugging holes in people's funnels. And that's kind of what gets me off. I get really excited about that stuff. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking, really? But I fall asleep. I dream about tags and squiggly lines <laughs> and, and how to make processes faster and more simple. And uh, that's what I do specifically for coaches. So coaches who want to sell high ticket and want to transfer from uh, one-on-one to actually how to run a large group coaching program, but still make it feel like it's a one-on-one experience for their clients. So yeah, that's what I do. Automate. Love it. Sexy numbers. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And I just, uh, just so I can get some perspective, who, who's your target market? Like who do you cater to? Yeah. So it's usually a coach who's been in business for a little while, right? And they've realized that they're wearing all the hats, right? And they've got so many things to do and they feel like they're juggling many, many balls. And we all know this as entrepreneurs, when we start out, we've got to do all the things. We've got to be the sales department, marketing department, all the things. And um, so those are the people that have probably got a couple of clients and now they've realized, hey, if I want to use my time more efficiently, I really need better systems. And that's where we step in. Or they're struggling to actually market correctly. So marketing themselves. Um, But we... Uh, actually only teach people who want to go live to attract their clients. So we help them build funnels around live streaming. So okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So they can share, as we say, share their inner sparkle with the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, let's just go back in time a little bit. Tell us how you got into the space. I can't imagine you were born thinking I'm going to grow up to be a coach consultant, <laughs> whatever the title is. Oh, look, it goes like I, I remember being eight. <laughs> and I, not to be a coach, but I've always been, I think, an entrepreneur at heart. I used to go with my grandparents to the local markets and I would walk around in the morning while they were setting up, buying things from other people's stands and bringing them back to the table to sell because I thought I could sell them for more money. So I've always had this, always had a side hustle, even selling things on the school playground at school. <laughs> busking to make money, uh, just, and also having jobs, but, you know, doing a, being a photographer and a graphic designer on the side. But, uh, I think that the, there's two major jobs that I had that made me really realize that how much I love to coach and help and inspire people. One, I was teaching graphic design, photography, and marketing in some university and, and TAFEs around uh, Melbourne here in Australia. And sometimes we would get students that were in the class, but they didn't want to be in the class. Like it was just part of their curriculum. And I really loved sitting with them and trying to help them work out what is their passion? What are they interested in? It's okay if what you're doing now isn't what you do later. And then, so that was one. And then the second one was I got into network marketing accidentally. I'd had back surgery and I was stuck in a bed for three months and I was had to learn to walk and I grew a network marketing company from my laptop and I got really good at recruiting because it's just having conversations with people. But then what I found was, you know, I, I was the number one team builder in all of the APAC region here and number three in the world for the company, but it wasn't selling it. I love the product. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty nails, right? I loved the product, but I love team. I love supporting, encouraging, championing them to success. And so those were the two things when I look back and reflect why I am where I am now is because I found a love and a passion for helping people. It's all about my people. It's not about me. It's about inspiring them to go forth and, and you know, make more money than me be excellent, you know, step into their power. So yeah, that's kind of where it started. But then uh, 2015, I decided to go all in and take this little side teaching thing that I had uh, full time. And just, I said to my husband, can you just give me five years? I just want five years to turn this idea into something. And uh, here we are five years and five months later. (laughs) And And uh, still going, but now I've got a massive team and uh, not massive, a a nice team of uh, coaches that also help to support in all different areas of coaching. So yeah, it's, it's, and it's fun. Every day is fun. When we wake up the whole team, we laugh all the time. Our clients hang out with us every day as well. It's yeah, just fun. Amazing. Well, I have a feeling if I were to ask you about your first customer, we'd end up back in like the marketplace to where you <laughs> managed to squeeze out a sale. But like, uh, maybe let's just hone in right on that moment to where you decided I'm going all in on this. Can you take us through the journey of finding that first customer? Actually, yeah, yeah getting getting turning this into a business business. So my very first experience when it comes to creating an online business was I was following one of my most favorite mentors uh, and uh, Shalene Johnson, right? I was following her and then I went and bought her program. That was the scariest thing. I'd never invested in a coach or a program before. And 
I literally had to sell things from my garage to buy the program. But she showed me that I could sell my knowledge, like things I had figured out. And she had a special back way back. I think you guys must have been, I don't know how old Kajabi is now. About 12 years. 12 years. Okay. So this would have been back in 2015 or 16, Mm -hmm. I would say. So I bought Kajabi, but it just sat on the shelf, right? Like I put a few courses, I sold a few courses in there and I was figuring things out. Like I didn't know which one would one, be profitable, two, um, bring enough clients, <laughs> and three, that I'm passionate about. Like I, I've, if you look in the back end of my Kajabi, there are so many courses. I've even sold courses and then refunded clients because I'm like, no, I don't really want to make that one because uh, I always <laughs> make a course and then sell it. But so when I really found that, I'm like, well, that's just making an online school, right? So after working out that I love teaching, I decided when I went all in, I was going to build a community and start teaching them and just ask them to pay me a monthly fee. And I promise that I'll show up every other week. And then that recording would go into Kajabi. That's how I started. That's all I did. That was my promise. I sold that on uh, here in Australia. It's called Boxing Day, the day after Christmas Mm. for a special of (laughs) $14.95. And I got... 10 people joined. So I just put it out to my network and said, Hey, I've make this, I'm making this course. Haven't made it yet. Got this idea. Uh, it's going to be a membership program. I promise I'll be live every day, uh, every other week. Um, and a library of content will slowly start to fill who's in. And I got 10 and I think it was only maybe a year ago, that $14.95, there was still one person still paying. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Until about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so I just kept putting content in the library. I make a live, stick it in the stick it in Kajabi, make a live, stick it in Kajabi. And <laughs> and then the more more and more clients I got, and the more I learned and got even better at marketing, because it's a big difference between teaching marketing in a school, right? And actually running real marketing. Sure. It's a big difference. Uh, I've hired marketing students straight out and they don't even know what a lead magnet is. And I'm like, how can you not know what a lead magnet is? You have just finished uni. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, then I work with more clients and I just keep niching my niche. So every year we get tighter and tighter and tighter on the niche. At the beginning, it was like, can I teach you how to hit the go live button without like freaking out? Because I had, I'd had done that. I was scared to sit in front of the camera. I hated the camera as a photographer, always behind the camera. So yeah, that was sort of the first mini course I put on the side of that membership program. And again, $14.95. Wow. So was a lot of the, 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 your personal network at that point, were those people that you built up through your network marketing phase? Yeah. Was it, uh, yeah. yeah. I was really well known in that. So that was where a lot of my first clients come from. It's taken quite a few years to switch my niche uh, and stop attracting network marketers because the type of network marketers that I really wanted to attract were people like me, right? Those who want to grow a team, grow a business, are focused on investing in not just buying a kit and saying they run a business. I was looking for somebody who was actually invested in business growth. And, you know, that was less in the network marketing. But coaches, I, one of my passions is 
helping and inspiring people. But then I'm like, if I can help coaches get their message out through live video, they can then take and go on and help and inspire. And it's like this ripple effect that I can create. So the more coaches I can help, I know they're transforming lives. They're helping people and I'm helping them get their voice be seen and all the sexy numbers and automation to make sure it's all working, but it creates this ripple effect going out. So I may not have lots of clients, but I know for me to help, you know, 33 million people, I just need to help a small few. Yeah. Can you talk us through what that what that journey was like going from I think you mentioned your network marketing was something to do with nails. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how was it? How was it? Uh, I guess just even just reaching out to them saying, hey, I'm starting to help coaches. Uh, can you t- like, I feel like that for me personally, I would be such a blocker and I would be like, oh, I can't talk to these people who know me about for nails about coaching. <laughs> yeah, I think what happened was I was working with a lot of clients and I found that the we could build the marketing funnels. We could set up all the automation. We could, you know, teach them how to use all the software it takes to run the business. But the biggest block was their own mindset, was a belief in themselves, imposter syndrome, past traumas, uh, you know, their fear of social media, you know, all of these things would keep coming up that would stop them utilizing all the tools that they had. So I decided to actually go and become a certified life coach myself. So I I did a three-year thing and became a pro coach. And because I didn't want to just mess with people's brains, I wanted formulas and modalities and, and how to help people in the right way to change their thinking patterns for the better so that they can be more growth orientated uh, and less fixed mindset. And, and so through that, I went and started to meet more coaches and then realized, hey, these people are my people, right? They just want to help people. They want to transform lives. And it begins with helping themselves first. And then I was able to help my community by, I used to run coaching sessions all the time. So, I, and to get your certification, you have to do a certain amount of pro bono coaching as well. So, the more time I spent with them, the more I realized, you know, these are my people. But then I realized as well that I'm not the type of coach who wants you coming back every week with the same problem, listening, listening, listening. I'm more of a a builder, an action taker. So now I hire a mindset coach that will literally sit with you for two hours until you have a breakthrough where at about 40 minutes, I'm like, you can't see the thing, (laughs) but she has the patience to sit there and love on them. And then I'll come in the other side and help them with all their systems and marketing. It just, it was very draining for me uh, because I'm, usually quite a positive person, but listening to all these negative thoughts, it's okay. I always say you can, you can complain to me three times and then go see Jackie, right? (laughs) Like I will help you three times, but I now go see Jackie. So I've got the piece of paper. I know the modalities, the frameworks to do the thing, but it didn't give me passion, but I still love the people. So I want to help them. Yeah. So can you talk us through, uh, did you, you, you mean, five years is a pretty big chunk of time to ask for. Uh, How long did it take to, I guess, get to, I don't know, did you set goals in terms of like finance or number Mm -hmm. of clients? Yes, all of those things. So being a numbers girl, I knew that business wasn't just a matter of, you know, oh, I'm starting a business and oh, yay. I've put a Facebook page up. I've got an Instagram. Now I'm going to call myself a business. I knew I had to do marketing and, you know, I knew 
what I thought I knew marketing back then. (laughs) But the best way to learn is to teach. So every time I would learn something, I would then go forth and teach it to people what I'd learned. So Facebook ads, uh, funnels, all the software. Like I learned ClickFunnels, lead pages, Google Forms, all these different things to capture leads. And so I would teach it. And as I continued through that, Uh, I would say to my husband, I remember just getting into Facebook ads and I had run Facebook ads with a little bit of money that I had made so that I could look at the numbers and I could tell that if I spent 5,000 on ads, if I was to get that many leads, I would probably get back around 15 to 20,000. And I said to my husband, I'm going to take $5,000 out of my daughter's bank account uh, and I'll pay it back. And I promise I'll even try and pay it back with interest. And So it worked. I paid my daughter's bank account back. But the first year we made a loss. We actually didn't make a profit at all. My husband looked at it and he goes, you, you lost this much money. What? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm I'm running the numbers. It's, it's because we're growing. We're getting the software. We're testing right now. We're, we're honing everything. Second year, we did make a tiny, tiny little profit, which was really nice. It wasn't fabulous. Uh, But in regards to the systems that I discovered over those first two years, one was Profit First. I discovered Profit First, which is the best book. It literally, oh, it's not here right now. It usually lives on my desk. Hmm. And I ran the math that they tell me to run and I realized I was spending 110% on operating expenses. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work that, out very long. <laughs> no, because when you begin, you you just want to get your message out there and sell, right? You, you're not really looking at the finances as much. And then I they give you tips in the book on how to slowly reduce your operating expenses, like go through all your online subscriptions. Do you need them all? Now, I... I'm a software junkie. So I had so many subscriptions. Just by cancelling my subscription took me from 110% down to 89% operating expenses. And then I was able to slowly make adjustments like 1% into operating, uh, 1% into something else and less in all the other things. So we slowly got myself back. And and the book says that it takes time, but you've got to be consistent with it. Uh, and yeah, so now, you know, we're profitable. <laughs> and the second book that I discovered was called Traction. And I do have it right here because I love it. Right? <laughs> oh, to interview this man, I would love it. So uh, Traction by Gino Wickman. And I started doing what's called the Vision Traction Organizer inside of Traction. And I didn't have a team. But I just pretended I had a team and I did it myself. I took a couple of days out and I sat there and I did it exactly like he explains in the book on how to do the vision traction organizing two-page plan. And then the next year I had staff, but they were not really paying staff. They were people who we traded things for. Like you come help me out. I'll help you out. You can have my program for free. Then you come and check emails and things for me. So we started doing an annual VTO thing together over three days. We'd drink, we'd eat, we'd have good times. Uh, One girl got a tattoo on one of the (laughs) weekends away. And that has been the, the core focus. So it allows us to set like 
you know, big, big goals, 10-year goals, then three-year goals. And then it comes down to the sexy numbers for this year. Now, the first few years I ran it, I never followed everything after I set the plan because it's still getting used to it. But over the last couple of years, we've been really consistent setting our quarterly goals and set, you know, seeing if we're on target or off target. Every time something shiny and new comes our way, does it align with our quarterly goals or our annual goal? And if not, no for now. So I've gotten a little bit better at saying no to taking on too many projects. More, yeah, focused. Yeah. It's been a journey. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Well, can you tell, take us maybe through, uh, I guess, I, I know you started your first course, if you will, or I, maybe it wasn't a course when you were just uploading clips or it was like, I guess that was your membership. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe you could take us through just like your overall transition or focus on digital products, like moving out of the one-to-one. How did the, how did that happen? Or maybe you're still doing one-to-one. Uh, we do one-to-one, but in a group. So I still will help somebody speaking to them one-to-one, but all of the clients can come and watch the session because I think there's more power in the group. You'll hear questions that you didn't know you had and you might think that one-to-one would actually help you more, but I truly believe in a group, you get more help, not just by helping yourself, but listening to other people get help, which has been really great. Um, the thing that made, I think it was really just the community, right? Like I love people. I People interest me. I'm that person that will say hi to you when you're standing at the traffic lights. Um, I will start <laughs> random conversations with people because I find them fascinating and just the way they think and yeah, it just it's always been really fascinating, intriguing to me. The courses were like little mini courses because using Shaleen and also Amy Porterfield. So I bought DCA was my next uh, program I bought after that. So I was finding my my thing by building lots of digital products. One, I've I, I've I've got a a chronic illness. So I, it's, it's hard for me to go out and work. And plus I don't really want to be an employee <laughs> and I could, you know, work when I wanted to, if I wanted a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon, I could have a nap. And so digital products allowed me to do that. And I, I do, I geek out on it all. And, you know, I tried all the softwares, like, you, you know, all, it, it doesn't matter what software you choose. What matters is finding the right set of software for you and then using it to its fullest potential and also knowing its limitations because you can't build a business with one piece of software. You know, you do need other things that you have to learn. So for me, digital products was great and I got to learn how to use so many different pieces of software and then teach it to others. Um, I think that answered your question, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm always interested in hearing how uh, you transit, you know, a lot of people do start, which I think is really cool with uh, just almost like, it's almost like more of a service-based business. Like you're working mm. one-to-one with people. Yeah. And so, you know, usually you hear scalability, you hear yes. a number of different reasons. So any, any particular yeah. motivators for you? Um, For me at the beginning, I, okay, I remember my vision board when I started this business. So my husband had supported me through many surgeries, lots of things. And I, on the vision board, I had Danny will have the choice to retire. I don't think he will retire, but he would have the choice to retire because uh, he does, you know, the TV, he's on a TV show, but also he's a CAD programmer. And 
I want him to choose whatever he loves. He's and he, he loves to be an employee. He's not an entrepreneur. Um, so that was one because he had supported me, and you know we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. That's a that's a story for another day. Second one was now I was focused on my business. I stopped cleaning the house, <laughs> and there were arguments being had about who's going to clean the kitchen tonight. And I'm like, I don't want to. So on the vision board was to have a housekeeper. I wanted a housekeeper and I can say my husband is not retired. However, last year we have a housekeeper that comes five days a week. Yay. I love it. Uh, so I hit that. That was my sort of first motivation as, as long as uh, I was helping people in some way. I just love helping people and uh, yeah, sharing and knowledge and, and things like that. But that was yeah, when I first started, my two big things, I still have the picture of the lady who I thought I was going to hire as that housekeeper on my uh, whiteboard. And oh, my wow. housekeeper <laughs> was out here and she's like, oh, do I throw this piece of paper out? And I said, no, love, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't throw her out. Can't throw her out. Um. No, no. Uh, it's really nice. We don't have arguments about the housework anymore because we know that Ebony's coming on Monday. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Only have the weekend to make a mess. That's it. So good. So good. Well, uh, take us a little bit through your system uh, as a whole. How do you help your customers when they show up? Where do you start and and what do you take them through? So uh, we teach people how to go live but also how to do it in a certain framework. So you're not pitching all the time, but you pitch maybe once every six weeks, you know, so like a a launch, a live event. Uh, So they come in and we, it's a zone of genius that I didn't know I had until I started doing it with our clients, but they'll have this idea or they've already got a course, but they're, or an idea for a course, or they're coaching one-on-one and they have a step-by-step process that they like to take people through, but they're not sure how to get it out of their head and mapped out in a framework that could actually be turned into an online program. Cause it's a lot of guesswork. They've never done it before, but I get to do it like every week with people. So I've gotten some really good systems of, we call them mapping sessions. And I literally just get you to brain dump all your stuff out. And then I turn it into a step-by-step system, create their signature method. They know what lessons they're teaching, what activities their people are doing and what homework they're doing. So I map that out. That's the very first thing that we do with them to get all of the crazy into one thing. Then once we know what their thing is, we get them to go and talk to people about you know, you want this thing, you need help with this thing, tell me why. So we do a bit of messaging. And in the back end, while we're doing that, they are pulling a tiny little piece of that larger course and they're teaching that part live with the intention to book a call, a sales call, because most of our clients are selling a group coaching program with a course. So it's more like a mastermind group coaching program. That's $2,000 and above. So I truly believe you'll convert better if you have a conversation with people. So we pull out that tiny piece. So you've got the bigger A to Z pain point to transformation. We take a little mini A to Z out and we teach that live. And we show them how to pitch uh, to do it so it doesn't feel salesy, sleazy. There's this beautiful transition where you get to bless and release. You can listen to this bit next or you can go off and we wish you all the success in the world. And so that's what we teach them to do because we can't do them. Like I can't turn up and do their sales calls. I can't turn up and go live and say, hey, I'm Veronica. You know, (laughs) they would definitely be able to tell that I don't look like Veronica. (laughs) 
So we teach them only the things they need to do. And in the back end, we're building all their automation. So we're customizing all their landing pages. We're setting up all the trigger tags, everything that they need to run a funnel, get people into their live event, get them onto a sales call. If they don't get on a sales call, send them into a follow-up sequence and continuously nurture them until they're ready to buy and then just keep trying to get them back in through this live event. I always tell my clients, I want you to trust the process. I want you to earn while you learn. So we've built the first heap of tech out for them, but next time they launch, they've got to go in and edit. So edit the dates, change a few things. Um, We send them all the copy, all the designs. They still have to tweak the text, but everything else is there. So we call it like a team in a box. We've got tech experts, LinkedIn experts, ads experts, strategy, mindset. So I've got a whole team of coaches. So when people hire us, they get the whole team. They don't just get a course. They're literally hiring a team in a box. And then best shower thought I ever had. Okay. There is not many original things up here in my brain. (laughs) Everything I've learned or teach has been modeled from somebody successful. And I'm like, why would you go and create something new if you could just go and model somebody who's doing the thing you want to do? So, you know, Amy's a perfect example and Shaleen, my two favorite mentors. And, but this shower thought was, I was lonely entrepreneur, And I opened a Zoom room back when I was in network marketing and I told my team, hey, team, I'm sitting in Zoom. Do you want to come and hang out? And they would come in and we'd just work inside of Zoom all day, sometimes talking, sometimes not, sometimes folding the laundry, cooking lasagna. Uh, But Zoom, this was way back in 2015, nobody knew about Zoom. And we'd just hang out in there all day. And it started to be coined the VOZ, the virtual office space. It was like, we're all working our businesses in our own little cubicles. And then you'd hear somebody go, Hey, I've just written this email. Can someone spell check it for me? And someone in the room would go, yeah, yeah. I was just folding laundry. Hang on. I'll come over and have a look. So we've integrated that into our program now. So eight hours a day, four days a week, one of my staff members are sitting in that room. And clients just jump in and out, what we call quick questions. If we can answer them in 10 to 15 minutes, or can it be saved for the group session? And I've literally been out recently with my daughter. She needed new socks, start of school year, right? Out uh, sock shopping. I get a message from one of my team members. There's something we're just not quite sure uh, how to fix this thing. Can you jump in and help? I said, yeah, cool. I said, Shay, go pay for your socks. Just going to go outside. Logged into Zoom. Five minutes. They're fixed. Thank you, guys. Hang up and, you know, back shopping. So the the Voz is my, I guess, claim to fame. And we've had a lot of clients who it's hard to explain that feeling of waking up in the morning, turning on the computer and people are there working and you're sitting in there all day with the camera off most of the time, but you know someone else is there. And it just keeps you going. So our clients just get to use that. And then we have an after hours lady when we're not got the guaranteed eight till four. Um, so the eight hours a day, four days a week outside of those times when anyone jumps into the Voz, they type in Slack, I'm in the Voz. And Sarah, if she's not out dog training or with a client or whatever, she'll go, coming in and she'll just go sit with them. Hmm. So yeah, that's, it's a, a really beautiful community. We all know each other so well. We don't take on a lot of clients. We, I love my boutique business. It's a seven figure boutique business, but I love it 
I love it so much. And I don't want to be like a big Gary V with thousands of employees or that doesn't interest me. I did corporate. <laughs> I do not want to build myself a corporate business. I like being niched and small. We know our lane. If you want to go and make a funnel to launch a book, that is not us. If you want to teach people live to attract people, that is us. And you want us to do it in the tech, that is us. But we also, we call it our tech ecosystem. Most of the time, people don't know how to use the tech to its fullest capacity or its limitations. So we just tell them what to use. We don't say go choose the thing and build it. We go, this is what we use. This is our tech stack. If you want to work with us, just use this because you'll only have to build it once and you'll never have to change. Um, Where I don't want them to go through what I went through, which was starting collecting emails in Google Forms, right? Or the investment in the tech stack, right? It's so cheap, It's $10 a day to run a business. And if you can't afford $10 a day to run a business, then I would seriously be asking, am I ready to start a business? And that's setting up a tech stack that will take you to multiple six figures. And then you can start buying other shiny things, but it's only five pieces of software and the whole business runs on as much of it as possible on automation. I love it. Well, speaking of tech, uh, let's, uh, I guess, I, I assume this is, I know you work with multiple providers and stuff, mm-hmm. but like, I guess this is probably where Kajabi comes into the picture. So you can yes. maybe, could you tell us like how you, how you work with Kajabi, um, both yeah. for your business as well as your clients, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I love this. I wish people could see, I, I usually draw a picture about it. So the way I see Kajabi is if you picture a bricks and mortar store, Okay, you've got a business and it's a bricks and mortar store. Out the front of the store, there's posters and banners saying, hey, look at the sale, look at this thing I have, come on into the store. That's your landing page and the client interacts with that. Then to get in the door, they've got to give us their email address, right? So they pay with their email address to come inside the door. Inside the bricks and mortar shop is your website, free training, about me, all of these different things and sections in the shop they can go to to learn more and potentially buy. Then when they want to buy, they walk up to the counter, right? There's the checkout. Again, Kajabi. Kajabi processes the payment for them. And then outside of the main shop area, there is these little rooms where all the cool kids hang out right? It's the courses, the memberships, all of the things. Once they've put a little bit of money at the front counter, they're allowed to go out to those rooms, have canapes and hang out with them, right? They're like-minded people. So the way I see Kajabi is everything that the client interacts with and touches is Kajabi. It's my shop. The back end is Keep. So Keep is a really super powerful automation tool. And when I say automation, it's just not sending emails. It's sales automation, marketing automation, admin automation, accounts automation. Like There's task automation so you know what you've got to do and when. There's so many things that it does. So you've got Kajabi, front shop. The back of the shop, Keep, is the back office. Now that's where your staff sit. So Keep to me is your staff in a box right? It does the job of about four full-time employees. And when somebody comes in and they, they give an email at the front door to get in, there's this little character, this little employee, his name is Zapier or Zapier. 
right? And he <laughs> runs between the front of her house and the back office. So when someone gives you their email address, Zapier goes, we got one. And he runs back and he puts it in the in tray, which is his stores at in Kajabi. If they go and touch any of the things inside the shop, Zapier gets a little note. He runs back, he puts it in Kajabi. So we know how the customers are interacting with our content. When they buy a product, you know, he runs back and he puts it into the back office. So it's your in trays. It's all the mess that the customer doesn't see, the folders, the to-do lists, all of those things to run your business. So those three pieces of software together are literally your business and back office. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, I, I've never heard it uh, so personified. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a cool way to visualize. Well, like, tell us a little bit about maybe what's coming next for you down the pipeline. I imagine your vision board. I mean, you probably <laughs> got a few new things on there. Uh, we we do, yeah. So this year we've got a couple of main focuses. Uh, we're focusing on evergreening one of our teaching components, and of course that's going to be testing, running numbers, and really refining it so it converts well. Uh, The second thing is I have a couple more team members that I need to really, like I've got one girl who works part-time that I really want to bring on full-time this year. So that'll be making sure I get enough clients to be able to afford her. Uh, Then also I've got another business that I'm starting, which has nothing to do with digital marketing. So that's uh, another venture. Like I feel like the Sparkle World, the Sparkle Class Academy, it's got its own legs now. It's got this team of people that help it run and I still show up and, you know, strategize and and do those things. But I am an entrepreneur at heart. And so this other business opportunity came up. So I'm going to be starting a new business as well. So yeah, that's probably the, the two biggest things. And then just continuing to serve and love on our clients. We have been spending a lot more time, you know, the, probably the last six months, more focused rather than the lead gen, getting clients to say yes, actually the onboarding and the nurture and retention and making sure if a customer has a problem with our program, we don't go, oh, they must be a horrible person. We go, oh, what can we do to fix that? Is it fixable? Is there something? So we're spending a lot more time on the, the, you know, onboarding side of our program because the top end is now working on repeat. So now we get to spend more time with your clients. And I would say to any listener out there who's thinking about running a business, what you need to remember is at the beginning, you've got to get clients to make money and you focus on where that is. And I know, especially coaches, we feel like we want to help everybody. We, we've all got this ingrained thing that we feel bad for sometimes charging money for the thing that's in our brain that helps people. And I love to tell the coaches, you want to help people, right? You want to do charities. You want to support community. Don't do it with your business. Use your business to make money and then use that money to support other charities. Don't give your business away. You're allowed to charge for it. It is okay. And uh, so you'll focus on that lead side and that's okay for the first few years. It could be one to three years really honing in on your lead gen to sale component. And I just wing the back end. (laughs) I promise I'll be live at this time. Video's in the thing. I start, oh, I might teach you about Facebook ads. Let's do that over five weeks and I'll make five videos over five weeks and throw them in Kajabi. And then now that front end is working. Now we're actually focused really on improving 
the customer experience because there are things that we sometimes don't do well. We don't always check in with our clients. We've got a new team member who now will actually verbally reach out to every single client every week and say, hey, how are you going? Do you need help? What are you working on? You know, did you achieve what you wanted to last week? Just to inspire them to keep moving forward because entrepreneurial journey is not easy. If it was, everyone would do it. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. Well, uh, in terms of uh, anything, I know you've also got the podcast. I imagine yes. you've probably got, uh, t- tell us a little bit about that, I guess, to get started. Uh, yeah, the podcast has been a journey. I tried, I think, three or four times, maybe five times previously to start a podcast. And it always seemed to happen around my birthday every year. And I would do three, four, five episodes, and then it would just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> And then I brought on uh, a podcast manager and I taught her my systems of what I was doing or what I really wanted to do and showed her, you know, the automation and, and the things like that. And she now just manages that. So with our podcast, we reviewed its statistics because last year was our very first year that we actually dropped episodes every week. Very first time we did over a hundred episodes last year. Um, and we were doing a long episode every week, an interview episode every week, and two quick tip episodes every week. And, you know, I've gotten to interview some amazing people like Amy Porterfield, Pat, Flynn, Heather Havenwood. I mean, some really like people I've looked up to. And then this year we've looked and where we were struggling because people cancel on live interviews <laughs> and we were struggling to keep filling that live interview spot to make sure it had dropped. So we we're alternating only three episodes this year, two quick tips and a long teaching episode or a long interview episode. And our interview episodes, we batch So we do a podcast batching day once every four weeks. We'll line up three to four guests and I just do them back to back and I just stream them straight into through Ecamm and straight into YouTube, Facebook, all the places. And then that allows Ma, my podcast manager, to have that content. And then the other week, every Monday, I know, Monday in America, Tuesday in Australia, I do a session, a live stream called Strategy with Sally. So that's also on YouTube. And so we stream it to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, again, all the places. That one episode then becomes one or two podcast episodes as well. So that's how we create the podcast. But it's all about one, learning from other entrepreneurs like yourself, Jared. We would love to have you on the show. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be yeah. fun. And, uh, and you know, selfishly, I get to learn new things from guests, right? I love it. It's different being on this side, actually. I don't do many <laughs> interviews. Uh, so, yeah, it's very different being on this side. Normally, I'm doing the listening and really paying attention and being super curious. But this time, I've got to you know, share my story. It feels a little different. <laughs> well, you handle handle both sides very well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, for anyone who's interested in checking any of that out, uh, what are the places you like to send them? Yeah. So uh, please subscribe over on YouTube. We have a goal this year to hit a thousand subscribers. So anyone who can help us hit our rock goal, we would love you to um, help us hit our annual goal there. Uh, The other place I hang out a lot is on Facebook. Uh, That's where I went live for 365 days straight. And yeah, I know, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't do that anymore, but uh, it was it was a challenge. I got through it. We went from 2,000 followers to like 70,000 followers in that 12 months just by going live every day. Wow. And yeah, I know. I was just curious. I always pick something every year that I'm going all in on. So that year was live streaming. Last year was actually Ecamm. I decided to go all in on Ecamm. Uh, so yeah, every year I pick something to really... Like if you learn that one thing really well for 12 months, what will happen? Um, so yeah, they're the two main places, YouTube and then Instagram if you want behind the scenes. So you want to see me dancing with my bird, my dogs, you want to see my staff, look behind like what my office looks like go on road trips with me, then Instagram is all the behind the scenes stuff. Very good. Well, we'll of course have that information in the show notes. And as usual, uh, what I love to do anytime we have a fellow podcaster on the podcast is rather than my typical call to action of asking uh, our listeners to leave us a review and a comment, uh, go check out Sally's podcast, leave her review, uh, add a comment. Um, I know that Personally, I love reading the comments because, you know, podcasting can be a little bit of a lonely space. Our only way to interact with our listeners is when they talk to us through those channels. So check out Sally's pod- podcast and leave her a review. Oh, Jared, that's awesome. I've only got one review over on Apple iTunes. Sorry. We need, <laughs> that we would need be to so fix good. that. Because I forget to ask. I'm too busy giving that I forget to ask for it. So I need to put that in the show notes for myself to remember to say that at the end of the episodes. Oh, my goodness. Here I am helping people with their CTAs. It's like the chef that doesn't cook at home. <laughs> yep. The cobbler's son has no shoes, as they uh, say. Uh, so funny, <laughs> well, so funny. Let's help Sally out. Uh, make sure you jump over there, leave a review, leave a comment. Um, I know our Kajabi listeners are definitely uh, active, vocal. And so let's let, let's lend Sally a hand this time. But with oh, that you. said, um, huge thank you for taking the time out of your day to chat with us all, Sally. Yeah, thank you for rescheduling. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody had to know we rescheduled. I know. That's you okay. I had yourself. my tooth pulled out and I, I, I feel bad because I, I know what it's like as a, a, a host of a podcast when people don't turn up and there are plans in place. And I felt really bad, but I have loved it. It's Saturday morning here. After oh, this, yeah. um, we're actually, me and one of my team members who um, I've got, She's here for three months working, all expenses paid. We're going out to buy things to redesign my set here in my office. So it's going to be a fun afternoon of shopping. (laughs) So maybe by the time I end up on your show, I'll get to see the redesign set. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to have you on. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) I love it. Well, that is all we have for you guys this week. We will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. Thanks again for listening.